Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Welcome to the really big show. We're in our usual motley assortment of malcontents, curmudgeons, and pundits from the HHW LOD Network. Talk pop culture, movies, TV, video games, and ever so much more. It's the really big show. Or as we refer to it, really BS. And now, let's start the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to Really BS, our really big show for July. This is John and Russ. It's a light crew tonight on the Really BS side of things, but uh, but I think we got enough to talk about. John and I have missed the last. I, I, I know you, John, you've missed the last several Really BSs, I think, and I certainly have missed at least one or two. So uh, so it'll be a chance for us to kind of talk about some random stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think I did one like back in March, but I think there's only been maybe one since then. But uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. I, I'm full of BS, and uh, I think Russ and I are living the bachelor life by coincidence this evening. So we are. Uh, we're getting wild and doing some podcasting. <laughs> some people go to the bar. Some people go to the club. John right. and I sit at home, crack open a beer, and uh, talk about random pop culture nonsense yes life on the wild side yes you go first all right maybe we'll do video games first because i've been sitting on these great uh new consoles and i haven't really talked about them much and uh Soon enough, it's going to be a year that the PS4 and the Xbox One have been out, which is kind of crazy. Scary. You know, this fall, it'll be a year, I guess, or, or November. Uh, I guess a little earlier for for the Xbox, right? Maybe it came out a couple of weeks earlier? Yeah, they're, I think a week apart, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been, I mean, it's been quiet. Uh, when they launched, I grabbed a couple of games. For the Xbox, I've pretty much just been playing... Call of Duty until Titanfall came out. Titanfall is excellent. It takes care of all my first-person shooter multiplayer needs, so I haven't really played much Call of Duty since then. Uh, PlayStation's been really quiet. There's been a couple of things on PSN that, like, my kids have gotten into. You know, you get a free game a month, and and uh, there's been some good deals on there. But it's been it's been pretty quiet. I did recently grab two titles uh one for each system i grabbed wolfenstein or wolfenstein <laughs> the new order for the xbox one russ were you a big fan of the id stuff back oh, in yeah. the day the dooms and the yep quake and yeah all that stuff i de- i definitely was an early like when i first got my way back way back before some of you that listen to the show were even born um i had an old 38620 and uh, one of those, one of the first games I got for that, which was the shareware or freeware version of Castle of Wolfenstein 3D, uh, which really started this whole first-person shooter genre, um, and it was like a revelation back then. And uh, I pretty much followed along up until I think Quake 2 was the last one I really played. They did a Wolfenstein game 
oh man, maybe eight, six, eight years ago or so, maybe longer than that, maybe closer to ten, that I played. Um, that was that was pretty cool. Um, but I I know this this one's gotten pretty good reviews. I know people have been pretty happy with it, and I've seen stuff from it. And again, kind of alternate history stuff going on, which is always a big thing for me. I'm a huge World War II buff, so that's always a cool thing for me. So at at some point, I I hope to jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, it it's a lot of fun. It it's a throwback first person shooter, no doubt about it. It um you know there's no multiplayer. You're basically just running around, picking up health packs, finding ammo and new weapons and blasting your way through. You know, there's hidden rooms and doors that are locked and ways that you can, you know, different unlockables and and there's different artifacts around that you collect and stuff. It's really just a a good old school shooter. Really smooth. uh, Looks very nice. And like you said, you know, the, the World War II sort of alternate history is really cool. And they found a way to bring you into a few different eras. Um, you know, you start off in World War II as like a 20-year-old kid. And there's a period where uh, you get injured and you end up in a mental hospital for 20 years. Oh, wow. And And in that period of time... Uh, the Nazis win. So when you wake up as like a 40-year-old man now, uh, we're fully under Nazi control, and their sort of crazy cult science experiments had continued in that 20-year span. So now, even though it's only 1960-ish, they have all of this futuristic tech and, you know, robot dogs and loads of crazy stuff to chase you around so you know it's a lot of fun and you get a little bit of of world war ii action like i said and then you get a little bit of like futuristic sci-fi action um i haven't finished it yet people say it's short but i don't think i play video games in like you know three hour chunks anymore yeah so it's plenty long for me you know (laughs) i get like a half hour here and a half hour there when i play but it's it's a lot of fun. I, I definitely recommend it, and double recommendation for anybody who was into Doom and Doom Two and Quake and and the games that we were talking about. It's it's really, you know, it was like a nostalgic throwback, definitely. Nice, yeah. I think my PC is just on the cusp of being able to play that at like halfway decent detail level. So I, I've thought about getting it for the PC, but. Um, but kind of, kind of had second thoughts about it. It's not out for the 360, is it? Is it out for the Xbox 360? I don't think so. I think it's only next gen. I'll look that up while you uh, continue. Yeah, because if if it was for the 360, my my place my PS3 died. But I I really consider probably picking that up. But if I I think if I boosted my memory in my PC and uh, got a little bit of a faster processor, I think my video card is probably good enough to to crank it maybe mid detail or whatever. Um, which I have. Yeah, it up. is available for. I'm sorry, it is available for PS3 and Xbox 360. Interesting. Okay, so I might. I'm maybe when that kind of takes its first price hit, I might. I might indulge in that because even though graphically it's got obviously be inferior, I think it'd still be good enough. Um, you know, solid gameplay and everything is to me more important than you know amped up graphics. You know, you could have the best looking game in the world, but if it's not fun to play, it really doesn't doesn't matter. So. Yeah, and and this game. 
it doesn't lend itself so much to the next gen graphics. You know, you're not in like open sweeping worlds. A lot of it takes place like in the basement of Nazi facilities and Gotcha. You know, there is definitely some outdoor action and some good graphics, but nothing like, you know, that you would need the muscle. It's not like The Last of Us or you know, I don't know. Um, Titanfall or <laughs> right exactly where you're yeah. you know looking at these giant landscapes and scenery and things like that the other game I picked up totally on a whim I had some games to trade in and uh, you know and a gift card that type of thing and I was looking for something to play on the PS4 and I grabbed Sniper Elite 3 interesting uh, yeah which just came out yesterday and I never played Sniper Elite or Sniper Elite 2 uh, this one had gotten good ratings, and I always loved, I love being a sniper in Call of Duty, but I hate being a sniper in Call of Duty. Yeah, no, I'm with <laughs> if you. you. Yeah, if you were able to just camp and use the cool scope and try to make tough shots and, you know, one-shot kills and everything, it would be great. But in the multiplayer environment of the current Call of Duty, People are just constantly running up behind you while you're camped out and stabbing you in the neck. Yeah. You know, you never you never get to hang out for longer than a couple of minutes without getting found and, and destroyed. So this sort of remedies that. It's Call of Duty and all you can be is a sniper a, a sniper uh, soldier. So in the campaign you get sent into these missions and they're all obviously sniper missions so you have to and you find a place to camp and you you know you set up a strategy about how you're going to complete the mission in the campaign and the cool thing about this one is it's not linear at all you're in a totally open world hmm. and your mission may be you need to take out these four uh you know guards at certain points on this map and then it's totally up to you how you go about it you know, you can sneak up on them and, you know, use stealth and knife them. You can find a perch on a high point to take them out, you know, with the rifle. You can hide in the bushes. You know, that you could any way you can come up with, uh, which is really cool. And there are some cool little nuances to it, which might be the same as the other Sniper Elite games. But again, I haven't played them. Like, if you wait for a plane to pass by, they won't hear your shot go off. Oh, interesting. Be because of the noise in the environment. Right. And there might be other guys shooting off, like, artillery, and you can use that sound to mask, you know, your shots. There is some cool stealth play. You get a gun with a silencer, and you get a knife, so you don't always have to snipe everybody on a board. You can sneak up on them, and, and you know, you get experience points and go up levels and pimp out your weapons and different loadouts and things like that. Uh, and probably the coolest thing about it, and uh, I know I'm going on here for a while, but have you played the more recent Mortal Kombat games? Like, I think maybe the last one and possibly the one before, where they have those X-ray vision slow-mos? No, no. The last Mortal Kombat game I played was Mortal Kombat versus DC. So that was like, okay. and then before that was... Like way back, I think PS2, like one of the one of those that came out. So it's been a long time. Right? Yeah. They, they I think they toned down the uh, the DC one a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in the last proper Mortal Kombat game, 
uh, when you did like an awesome combo, it would go to slow mo and change to like an X ray mode where you would see the guy's bones breaking. Oh, nice. So, Sniper Elite 3, if you nail the shot, if you get that headshot or you put it through the guy's lung, uh, you know, if you make a good shot, the bullet will come in slow-mo. You follow it across the, you know, range of area that you've shot at 200 yards, however far you are away. You follow along with the bullet. It goes into the target slow-mo, and the target becomes like one of those, um, one of those models that you had in biology class. <laughs> Where, like, there's no skin, but you can see all the organs and stuff. And you just see the bullet go in and explode organs or, like, crack the skull. And you see the exit wound. I mean, it's brutal, but uh, it's a really cool... It makes it, like, super fun and, like... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Rewarding when you make a good, clean shot to watch the animation and stuff. That's cool. So, um... Yeah, two fun games, definitely. Nice. Now, in in Sniper Elite, are there any missions where you're like sniper support, where you have to like shadow somebody like going on a mission and doing anything, or is it all just you like on the mission solo? I haven't gotten that far in the campaign yet. So far, I've been solo, and I've had to, you know, I've been clearing the way for like a team to come through. Um, there are also challenge missions where, like, instead of playing in the campaign, you can just go into the challenges and one might be, you know, get five headshots or... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so there's definitely some varying gameplay. Um, I'll get back to you on the campaign. It look, I'm pretty sure you're going to have a different variety of missions. They're kind of like, if anyone's played Hitman... Sure, yeah. It's it's a lot of, like, the sniper missions in Hitman. You know, picking your spot, getting out of there without being noticed, changing your position so that if they do hear you, you're not there when they get back. Right. You know, stuff like that. But uh, very cool. So that was plenty of uh, video game stuff for me. So what do you got? Anything? Yeah. The So I've, I've kind of, due to schedules and everything else and trying to, podcast here and there and trips back and forth to Houston and all kinds of craziness. I haven't had a ton of time to play video games, but uh, one of the things I had to re-download from scratch, which was kind of irritating because it was like a 13 gigabyte download and then the next day they immediately did like another 1.5 gigabyte update to that, is the Marvel Heroes 2015, which is like a Diablo style um, type of game where uh, it's free to play. Um, and, of course, they barrage you with all kinds of crazy stuff that you can add money to and buy. Um, but sure. there, there's there's a stable of, I don't know, four or five characters you could pick from to start. And, you know, just like Diablo, you run around, go on missions, break stuff, kill people, um, where you can get money and um, different types of crafting items, you know, better armor, better weapons. Uh, you could team up for missions. Um all kinds of stuff like that, and it, it's it's actually a lot of fun. Um, it it it's a lot of fun to play, and I've been I've been at it now. So my character that I started before actually everything held over, and because they rebalanced the game and everything, they gave you all of your upgrade points back, so you could rebalance your character. So 
So that nice. was kind of for free, which was kind of cool. Um, but there's all kinds of these crazy collectibles that you can, you know, cr- do crafting with, which I, th- I think is, is kind of fun. I, I like that aspect of it in Diablo, uh, all the Diablos, but, but this one has a way more elaborate crafting system. Um, and, and, you know, they bring all the characters from the Marvel Universe in as, you know, for, even if you don't play the, or can't play those characters, they're in the world for you to interact with and there's story missions. Uh, and they do these things where if you're on a map, They'll do a, and you can see all the other characters running around, uh, you know, doing their thing too. Um, but they do these instanced missions where they'll put something on there. It's like defeat the Moloid invasion, and you'll do that, and you'll get some kind of bonus. Or it'll be like new mission starts in three minutes, and it'll be, uh, you know, Green Goblin comes and attacks the city. And so, aside from the mission that you're on, if you're if you're in there and doing it, you can join in on this mission with everybody else and again you get like special bonuses and stuff like that so they try and do stuff to keep it interesting in a multiplayer aspect instead of just you know in there doing single player stuff um so it's it's i'm i'm enjoying it quite a bit i picked daredevil and you know i'm just kind of i'm like level 22 i think i think they level cap it at 60 or 70 or something like that but it's it's been fun i mean you can do cool things with um costumes and stuff like that there's there's tons of characters that you could play i mean um and and even if you spent some money on it it wouldn't be outrageous i mean you could you could put 20 bucks into it and get yourself a couple characters and maybe a little uh you know a couple extra costumes and stuff like that and given the game's free to play i you know even if i pop 20 bucks into it i've spent way more money on games than 20 bucks and gotten a lot less value out of it so right uh, um I can easily see at some point if I get tired of playing Daredevil, you know, I could pop in and, you know, either buy another costume just to make it look a little interesting or, you know, play as Cap or Wolverine or they've just added like Silver Surfer or you could play as Loki. I mean, they're, they, they're constantly adding cool stuff to it. Um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm hoping one of these times we can get a bunch of us on there and, and just kind of, you know, kind of play in a group. I think that'd be fun because kind of like, um, a typical, MMO, there's group missions and stuff like that. So you could team up and go in to a simulator and it'll, it'll simulate a mission where you'd need like, you know, three or four people at level 20, say, uh, to do some specific mission, which I think would be kind of cool. And that's pretty much only PC at this time, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's only PC and it's not horribly taxing. I mean, like I said, my machine isn't up to snuff and I have everything pretty much cranked up at full detail and, it it doesn't really skip a beat. I mean, even when there's a ton of stuff going on, uh, it doesn't really skip a beat. So it's it's very comparable. Like I said, if you could run like Diablo three or any of those kind, you know games of that, you know in that genre in that style, you're you're pretty much okay. But it's it's like I said, it's been a lot of fun. If you like that kind of game, I mean, if you don't like Diablo and you just have you know can't stand Diablo, then you're you're probably not going to like this. Um, but if 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 you like Diablo, like I said, the whole Marvel thing adding to it is kind of cool and there's you know cutscenes that are kind of like semi-animated uh to move the story along and stuff like that so it's it's definitely worth checking out like i said it's you know free to play and if nothing else you know you could download it and if you don't like it you know you're you're not really invested in that that much other than a little bit of bandwidth and some time right i think dc is doing a pretty popular free to play also i've been hearing some things about i think it's infinite crisis maybe it's called yeah and I haven't checked that one out yet, but uh, but I might. The free-to-play model. I didn't think uh, it was going anywhere. 
Yeah, like like I said, I, I definitely see a lot of people running around in in the game that have spent money because it's not all just a bunch of the free characters that are running around. I mean, there's quite a few of the of the paid characters running around, and there's quite a few you'll see of the alternate costumes, which they um, cost money too. Now, granted, you can get items within the game that allow you to buy the other characters. So you really, I mean, if you played long enough, you could gain enough, you know, in-game currency to to buy other stuff and not have to spend any real cash but but again like i said a little bit i think could get you a long way in that game very cool yeah i played one other thing that's worth mentioning um i was able to catch the destiny alpha for the day or two that it was available oh interesting Destiny is coming out for, I want to say, only PS4. I could be wrong. It could be an Xbox One also. Something's telling me it's an exclusive, though. It was a lot of fun. It's kind of a, it's kind of a hybrid of Fallout 3 and Borderlands. The combat action is real-time, so it's not turn-based like Fallout 3. Right. But the character creation and the, you know, weapons upgrading and the armor and things like that. And it's sort of in like a wasteland world. Uh, a lot of it reminded me of Fallout 3. But definitely more fast-paced action for the combat system. Uh, now that's a game that you're getting next-gen, you know, yeah. graphics on. Yeah, you know yeah. the, the the open world in that game was like amazing. The alpha put you in like a desert, and just the textures of you know the vegetation and the, the sky and the hills and all, you know the all different like the sand. You could like almost see the texture of the sand and stuff. It really really good looking stuff. And the alpha definitely got me interested. Um, you know there were some cool monsters that came out to fight and. Uh, you know, like I said, it's it's real time combat as you're shooting at the at the monster or or the alien or whatever. The damage points kind of like fly out of them, you know, like just like Borderlands type thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but everything else, like they, I I went through a character creation process even for the uh, even for the alpha, and uh, it's really in depth, and you could do a lot of upgrading and customizing. Um, which made it seem more like an RPG type game. So I'm looking forward to that one. I think I think that's early fall. I think we have a while before that one um, hits the streets. But that's something to look out for, definitely. That's Bungie, uh, which is kind of their first. I think this is their first like big game after doing Halo. I mean, they did what the first three Halos, I think, and then Microsoft brought it in house or whatever. So highly anticipated. Yeah, and I think this will be a big year for those next gens. You know, uh, E3 was really for the first time in a few years. E3 was video game focused. Go figure. Yeah, and uh, looks like there's a lot of big, cool titles coming out, which they kind of need because Watch Dogs was kind of like lukewarm, I would say at best. Yeah, yeah, that's being generous. Yeah. I didn't partake in Watch Dogs. I was all ready to, but then when I saw the reviews, and I'm really not like a GTA guy, and it seemed very similar. Yeah. So um, I took a pass on that one, but hopefully this next batch for, for this fall and Christmas season, hopefully we'll get some good stuff. 
Yep, yep. Maybe Santa will bring me a next-gen console for Christmas. That would be awesome. It would. Santa listens, actually, so. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. How about, uh, what do you got? What do you got next? You go. Movies, TV, what do you got? Yeah, so a little bit of TV Blu-ray news. Uh, and this is pretty recent, but I guess the big announcement's coming to San Diego, and I think this is something we've known for a while and been hoping that it's been worked out for a while. But it looks like, finally, after all these many years, uh, they are remastering and releasing the Batman 66 TV series, all 120 yeah. episodes. And as we're recording, that news like officially broke today, right? Yes. Or did I just miss it? No, no, no. Earlier days. Today, yeah, that's the first I saw it was today. There's a little teaser trailer out, and I guess there's going to be more info in just a few short weeks at at Comic Con in San Diego. But um, I, I I think I think the Batman '66 is kind of finally, you know, I think it was in vogue like when we were kids. You know, that's all the Batman we had, really. I mean, it was that, and maybe the fil filmation cartoons. Um, but I mean, I remember as a kid running home from school in time to catch, you know, Batman on on the on the UHF station <laughs> um, to <laughs> catch the reruns, obviously. And uh, and then I think when the Burton movie came out, I think it kind of fell out of favor. I think you know everybody was like, "Oh, this is what Batman should be," and you know, people kind of grew up a little bit. And then with the Nolan movies, you know, even the Batman, the Burton movie made, um, the, the Nolan movies made the Burton movie made look like the '66 Batman uh, right, show. Absolutely. And I think now that that's kind of been put to bed, I think people are. It seems like they're okay to embrace everything. It's like it's okay if you like the Batman '66. You know, it's it's not. Yes, it is what it is, and it's okay to to appreciate it for what it is. So I'm pretty anxious to to see it. I'm tr to get it because I'm hoping there's a lot of cool extras on it. I think it'll be kind of cool to see it, um, not on a you know where I've seen it most of my life, which is through a set of rabbit ears where you know the picture looks half-assed at best. Um, and I'm I'm curious to see like my grandkids are getting kind of at that age where they're like four and three. And I think where they can they can kind of grasp something that isn't just animated all the time. So I think it'd be kind of fun, and it's and it's definitely kid friendly. You know, there's not there's not anything really um, objectionable, you know, in that show. So it'd be kind of cool to sit them down with it and see if they if they get a kick out of it or not. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if your kids are either have any interest or are kind of at that age where maybe they've they're they're beyond it or or whatever. Yeah, I, th I think uh, I'm, I'm looking at a 12 and a 10 year old now, so they probably think I was nuts. <laughs> um, they might like it as more of a, you know more of a, as a joke. Sure. Um, you know they might even get the why we get it. You know just that it's kind of silly. What kind of a run was that? How long did that show last? Three... I'm just trying to gauge how big this set is going to be. It's funny. So it was. I think three seasons. So it it and it aired twice a week. So I think the first season was like fifty two episodes because it was twenty six half hour episodes or or uh, it was twenty six weeks, but it was two half hour episodes. You know, twice a week. And then wow. the third season, it was really just kind of. I think they had some in the can, 
and the ratings kind of it was something that just like it burned like like a firecracker i mean it just it was so hot and it was so in 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 the culture back then and then it just burnt out and and i I don't know if it's just because of the whole on twice a week and there's so many episodes um but i think the third season that's when they brought in like batgirl and they had like three-part episodes instead of two-part episodes and i think it went to weekly for the last season um so 120 you know basically 20 probably at that time probably 24 25 minute episodes um yeah that's that's pretty healthy that's about six hours worth of content Right. No more than that. Interesting. Hopefully, uh, and I guess we'll get more news at San Diego, but, uh, you know, hopefully they do a nice presentation, like something special for the box set, making it worth your while, you know? Yeah, I I think it'd be really cool if they had some kind of commentary tracks on some of those episodes just to hear, like, even if they're just, like, clipped together interviews, you know, just, or... Uh, you know, I mean, obviously Adam West, Burt Ward, um, uh, Julie Newmar still around. So, you know, some of those actors are still around. Most of them, unfortunately, have passed on. Um, but it would be kind of interesting to see if they were able to get a few of them in to do some commentary tracks. That might be kind of fun uh, to kind of get some behind-the-scenes stories. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get some decent either documentaries or, you know, at least some kind of, you know, special features with it. Right. And we're package nerds. So if they put it in some kind of like badass looking, you know, 66 bat Batmobile or something like that, then we'll be o- over all over that. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've beaten this to death before. They got to start doing things like that or people are just going to, you know, get it off the Internet, wait for it to hit Netflix, you know. Yeah. So this one's it, it's been, you know, talked about for a long time and people have been wanting this for a long time. So. I'm hoping it's not one of those cases where it's all just talk and then they release this thing and nobody buys it and then Warner Brothers is like, screw that, we'll never do this again because all we took is a bunch of crap for you know ten years about get or twenty years about getting this out on DVD, Blu-ray, and then we finally do it and then nobody comes and buys it. So, um, right, you know, hopefully it does well. But but I'll be I'll be curious, like I said, uh, to see what the, I'm I'm I think I'm more interested in the packaging and what they do with the extras than I am with the actual set coming out. So. Right. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, it's a nice little segue, I guess, or there's kind of a, I don't know. I lost the word I was looking for. But there's a connection. You know, the, the uh, comic book TV shows are back. Yes. <laughs> you know, in the, in the 60s, we had, we had Batman. And I guess, you know, there have been some other ones along the way. You know, Shazam and Green Hornet and... And things like that along the, the way, Wonder but Woman. Um, yeah, right, absolutely. And uh, this fall, we're getting a bunch more. And and I I bring it up. Maybe we could talk about them a little bit, and um, you know, our excitement level and things like that. But also, the news has been recently that uh, the Flash pilot and the Constantine pilot both leaked on the internet, quote unquote leaked. Yeah, quote unquote leaked. So. I mean, I guess I guess that's where I'm at. You know, it's we've been doing this internet thing like for a long time now, right? Everybody has, and um, we know our way around the torrents, and purely for educational purposes. And you know, it's pretty rare that TV stuff leaks early. Yeah, 
You know, it's always happened with movies, but it never really happens with TV. And I don't know why. Maybe there's less interest, you know, or maybe they just... Do they screen television early less than they screen movies early? I mean, I guess maybe that's part of it. But it's pretty rare anyway. I can only remember one other time. I remember for some reason seeing the Bionic Woman pilot early, the new one with, uh, what's her name? Was uh, Oh, yeah, with Katie Sackhoff and... Yes. Yeah. Glenn and I saw that at Comic-Con um, in July before it premiered in September, but yeah. And maybe that was maybe that's the answer. Maybe whoever got the disc to show it at Comic Con or whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know, was the one that somehow that's how it got on the internet. But since then, I haven't seen, you know, anything like this. So now we have two comic book shows starting in the fall that both leaked their pilot or had their pilots leaked, and we're not going to review them now because, of course, we haven't seen them. But uh, I'm pretty excited for The Flash and Constantine. I'm happy with Constantine on NBC. I think, you know, after yeah. like Hannibal and some other things that they've done, you know, they're ready to push the envelope a little bit. And that works for a show like Constantine. I think Sleepy Hollow is maybe what finally... And, and they've had pretty good luck with Grimm, uh, NBC has. So I, I think maybe they kind of see that there's a place for it and that and that they could make it work. And it's not too comic booky, you know. It 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 has way more of that supernatural element to it than than anything else. And I think right now it almost seems like the supernatural, like witches and you know, kind of that occult stuff, is almost on the rise. You know, it's it's almost like the new vampires or the new zombies in a way because we're seeing like WGN has that Salem show, and then like I said, we've got Sleepy Hollow, and we've got Grimm, and um, you know, even even like Once Upon a Time, you know, it, it just seems like there's there's a there's a place for these shows at this moment in time. Right. A Penny Dreadful, I think. Sure. Uh, sure. Showtime falls yeah. into that. Yeah. I haven't seen that one yet, but it I, seems along those same lines. I saw the pilot and wasn't really impressed, but I hear it gets better. So I might go back to it. it has Ava Green. So that's a that's a plus. Yeah. And the the Flash you know, that looks pretty good, too. I've heard that there are some really cool Easter eggs, you know, leading back to the DC universe. And I think it's confirmed that Arrow is going to show up in the pilot. So they're going to connect yeah. those two. Well, I guess those universes are connected already from the Arrow show itself. So Yeah. Yeah. Barry showed up for like a three episode arc in season two of Arrow. And um, yeah, they've they've definitely... And he his name has come up pretty much in every episode after that through the end of season two. So, right, you know. So I guess if Gotham shows up in the next couple of days, yeah. I'm gonna call BS and say that everybody has decided now that they better get a head start and, and put their show on the internet. Yeah, I think if if they have strong enough, one of two things: if they feel very strongly about the pilot and they're they know, especially, especially like Fox and even NBC to a degree, because it's it's kind of in like a I think a third place standing in the networks. Um, that it, they realize if people don't jump on these shows right away and stick with it, that the networks are going to cancel it. And so, I think it honestly it's smart. And we've we've seen lately 
I think AMC has done this, like Halt and Catch Fire. They put the the first episode up a few days early. Penny Dreadful, actually, you mentioned it, um, had uh, that first episode, I think, was up. You could watch it for free online, even if you're not a Showtime subscriber. Because, you know, again, I think if they feel that these are, you know, well-done pilots, well-done shows, they need to get the, the word out because the only way they're going to survive is if you watch it and enjoy it and then you tell five people that it's good and they should watch it and then you know you get the more momentum you get at the beginning of the show the more likelihood you're going to have less drop off as it goes along and you know attrition is just killing shows i mean we've seen you know how many shows last season had really strong pilot offerings and then just like fell off the rails i mean shield wasn't quite that bad but the numbers for the pilot of shield versus the numbers at the end of the season were way out of whack from each other um so yeah, I I I believe with all of my heart that the networks are leaking these pilots purposely so that they they build good word of mouth. Right. It makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Um I, I was just talking to my sister earlier who um she happened to be at a friend's house and they watched the Leftovers pilot. Oh which yeah. Which is a new show, I guess, for HBO. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, she comes home and is on the phone with Verizon upping her subscription so she can get HBO now. Yeah, exactly. So if they made that pilot available, you know, to even people who didn't get HBO, you know, you could snag a bunch of new subscribers just for that particular show. Like you said, if you feel it's strong enough and get it out there early, you know, you're kind of greasing the wheels. Yeah, we've got Dish Network and... Last weekend was the premiere of the final season of True Blood. We had a free HBO weekend. When Game of Thrones premiered, it was a free HBO weekend for that first week of Game of Thrones. So again, the hope is is that, you know, they give you a little taste and then you, you know, you like it and then you, you know, you go ahead and subscribe. So Yeah. Um, it's a good tactic. Got to change the way you do things in this day and age because so many people either wait for it to show up on Netflix or they wait for the show up on, you know, on demand or Blu-ray or DVD or, you know, whatever that, you know, they've got to do something to make sure that they get the advertising for these shows. Right. Well, I guess the cord cutters took a uh, little bit of a hit recently with. Yeah. Aereo going down. Yeah. The Supreme court, um, deemed Aereo a public performance. So that is a, that is a no, no, which I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced, but that's the, the my take on it is the court basically said you're coming across as doing this like a cable company would do, so therefore you are a cable company and you need to play by the rules um, of a cable company as adopted by either Congress or the FCC. So, um, I, I mean, technically, Aereo could go back to the networks and say, "Look, we'll pay you your retransmission fees and allow us to carry your programming." But I don't see how Aereo can be a viable business model if they had to make deals with all the networks to carry their stuff. Because I think, was it Verizon or Comcast or AT&T or one of them? In one of the markets for, I think it was CBS. It may have been CBS New York. Um, they're getting like four bucks a subscriber or something like that to, to carry it. So, right. And, and that's with a huge subscriber base. So I don't see... Uh, you know, a little guy like Aereo being able to make these these deals. And I don't see the networks cutting them a much 
better deal and they cut the cable companies um, just because the cable companies would go into an uproar. So I, I think they're they're in a bit of a spot. Interesting. Yes. There's going to be a lot of back and forth in the years to come with uh, all these different ways to watch TV. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's a tough thing because Congress is very slow to act and, you know, there's a, you know, a lot of debate with net neutrality and everything else, but if something isn't done to kind of figure out how to make all this stuff work, um, it's just going to end up being litigated, you know, to the ends of the earth and, you know, we're going to see more cases, you know, taking possibly years to get to the Supreme Court to, to iron all this stuff out if, if it's not worked out somehow, so... You know, and it's almost like, uh, you know, it's almost like a prohibition or something where they can they can stop, they can pick and choose who they're going to stop, but you can still jump on the internet and find a website and watch anything from anywhere in the country or the right. world or, right. you know, they're not going to stop it. No. <laughs> and, and, you know, part of it may be the content creators have to just, you know, figure it out to where it, it doesn't need legis legislation to where, you know, they, they come up with a solution that, you know, folks are generally happy with. But um, I, I never quite understood the argument. I mean, broadcasters and advertisers look more favorably on live eyeballs on televisions. Um, but I don't know anybody that watches live TV. I mean, we we're kind of a special case. Um you know, because we do shows for Walking Dead and we do shows on S.H.I.E.L.D., we watch it live just more to participate in this community. And even then, it's not all the time that I watch it live or have the ability to watch it live. Um, I talk to people I work with, friends, family. Nobody watches anything live. Everybody watches everything DVR'd, which means they always skip through commercials. Um, and when you give somebody the opportunity to watch it on the Internet, either free or for pay, or mainly for free, and you have to force them advertisement, they don't have the ability to skip it. So I don't understand why those eyeballs are deemed less worthy and and worth less dollars if if they have to watch the ads. But for whatever reason, advertisers treat those those very differently. So I'll tell you, the one thing that's holding old-style networks and television together is live sports. Yep. If there was a way that, uh, you know, I wouldn't be blacked out from local live sports, you know, by using different internet services and stuff, you know, in other words, sure. I can get major league, I can get MLB TV, but the Yankees will be blacked out in New York and the Mets will too. And, and right. you know, you know what I'm saying? Sure. If that wasn't the case, and I guess, you know, I guess if I, let's say, let's put it this way. If I was an out of town fan, if I lived in, you know, California my whole life and came to New York and I was a Dodger and an LA Kings and a Laker fan, I wouldn't have tell I wouldn't have uh I wouldn't pay a cable company for television. Sure. I'd use MLB TV, NBA TV, whatever, and uh I'd use Netflix and Hulu and all that for my television programs and the services for my sports and you know, that'd be it. Yeah. But alas, yeah, I love sports. Yes, yes, no, I'm the same boat. I mean, for me, baseball, it the the whole MLB TV thing makes sense because I'm a Cub fan, so I don't have to worry. I mean, and even where I'm at, I'm kind of out of market from the Astros and out of market from the Rangers. So even when they're playing Houston or they're playing Texas, I'm 
really out of market for everything, so I don't I don't really get subject to blackouts, so which is kind of nice. So, but yeah, def definitely. I all uh, right. Just some I, I'll some quick hit TV stuff. I'll I'll throw a few things out there that I've been catching up on. Um, cool. I finished up season three of Homeland, and. I really feel like this third season was the best season yet. Um, it's it's a pretty solid show. I thought I didn't like season two quite as much as season one, uh, but season three for me just like really kind of delivered on all the buildup of the first two seasons. There's some really, really cool stuff that happened. I was really impressed with that, um, and I'm curious to see what they do going into season four. Um, and Claire Danes has really been kind of like, I, she hasn't been really my favorite actress on the show, and this season she just completely amped it up in my book. I, I just was really impressed with, with the show, so that's definitely something to, to catch. Um, and then I've been watching that uh, Halt and Catch Fire on AMC. I'm not sure if you watch that, John. No, I haven't. I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. It's it's pretty good. I mean, it's, you know, they it's kind of like... Mad Men in the 80s is is how I kind of look at it where you know it's it's very much steeped in the 80s uh at the dawn of the personal computer which you know is is something that's kind of you know close to me being in in the IT arena for as long as I have and just kind of remembering uh, you know a lot of the crazy stuff that was going on at that time and and how revolutionary things that we look at now as being completely archaic um but there's some real interesting characters on that show, and the the kind of the lead character almost feels like a Don Draper, where uh, he has this mysterious background that you're not really sure what his scoop is, um, and we get little dribs and drabs that come out every week to kind of fill us in on what his deal is. Um, but it's just it's just been interesting that you can make a sh a show about how people got together to make the first IBM PC clone, uh, and it actually kind of holds your interest. So. Right. And then I've been catching up on Orphan Black, which I've I fell behind on for for this season. So, I I think I've got like four or five more episodes to go to to finish out cuz it just had its finale, I guess last week. Uh and that that's been again that that continues to be a pretty good show. Yeah. Yeah, that's solid. I'm a few episodes behind as well, but uh I really liked where it it went in uh in season 2. Yeah. I binge watched The Wire. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we haven't talked since uh, since you you started that journey. Yeah, I just finished yesterday. I uh, chewed it up pretty quickly. You know, great. It's a great show. There's there's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna. <laughs> it ended. I don't know how many six years ago or whatever. So I mean, it'd kind of be silly for us to go through plot points of The Wire right, at this right. point. But uh, but uh, it was really good. I I enjoyed the way that it flowed from season to season and anybody who has watched the wire i guess knows what i'm talking about if you haven't they'll kind of introduce characters in one season and you kind of just because of the way we're programmed that we watch tv you kind of write them off as like tertiary background characters but like maybe something will happen at the end of that season and their role will begin to expand and then in the next season they're like a major player in the season yeah. And then, you know, the next season will be, like, based around them. And I thought that was really cool. I like the way each season had a definite theme. Right. 
you know, with one being about the education and one being about the newspaper and the media. And, and, you know, I guess one was maybe about the election and there was one with the docks and the, you know, the Baltimore Harbor. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was really cool. And, you know, the acting is great. And it's one of those shows where, again, I've never seen it before. So this is common knowledge to everybody else, but you can just sit there in different episodes and go, Oh, holy crap. I didn't know he or she was on the wire before they were on. XYZ. Yep. So it's really a, it was a springboard, I think, for a lot of people. And I guess, you know, I was trying to, I'm doing the comic book movie thing in my head. Dominic West. Yes. Uh, was in the Punisher War Zone. You jigsaw. Right. Was that, I'm trying to put my years together, would that have been before The Wire? Or would that have been no, during well, the season that he kind of skipped for The Wire? No, I think the season he skipped during The Wire was 300. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. Pun- Punisher Warzone was considerably after The Wire was, was done dealing. Um, so, yeah, I think 300 was was when he took off. And there was, like, I think he did, he did like two or three movies relatively close together during that last and it, it there was a pretty big hiatus between season four and season five of the wire it was almost like for a while we weren't sure if they were actually going to come back and finish it off and um and then they finally did and it was a shortened season what was it like six episodes that last season um it was either six or eight i yeah. mean the, the finale was an hour and a half it was definitely like a double-sized finale right uh, but I'm gonna say it was no more than maybe eight episodes. Yeah, good stuff. And and the finale was pretty close to perfect, I would say. Yeah, it, I mean it it did a good job of kind of tying you know tying loose ends and making sure they kind of touched on everybody it needed to touch on. It's been a while since I uh, since I saw it. I think I actually caught up with the with the DVDs in time to watch the last season. Um, like live as as it was on. Yeah. Yeah, basically, besides tying up the loose ends of the plot, they sort of set everybody on a path in the finale. Yeah. Um, And they set them on somebody's path that you've seen before. Right. Which was interesting. You know, like they take the 16-year-old kid and now he becomes the new Omar. Right. Which, again... Everybody's seen The Wire, I guess, but so we don't need to go into all of that. But Omar's awesome. And uh, <laughs> Stringer Bell. And, uh, yeah, Stringer Bell. I just felt was really good, too. Yeah. And I think this is going to finally, I think seeing him on The Wire and doing this binge watch is going to get me to go for Luther next. I That's been one that I've been real close to pulling the trigger on. Um, they just put in, for a while, I think there was just like, it's British, so I think that's like three episode seasons or something. So there was like six episodes, and I think in the last month they've dumped like the last season out there. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been really tempted to to start that one up. Cool. Yeah, it's uh the in the wire. It's funny because it was a, it was one of those shows. It took me a while to get into. Like it was really. I think we talked about this offline, but. It was the episode where they were investigating a shootout, and the end of the episode ended with Bunk and uh, and McNulty going through this house, and they're kind of getting the... They don't say anything to each other. 
they're just kind of walking around and they're pointing out all the bullet holes and getting the angles and trying to figure out exactly what happened. And they finally kind of get what, how bad it really was. And the episode, the, the whole, the only thing they say to each other is every variation on MF that you could possibly come up with. Right, um, right. And it was that episode where I'm like, okay, I'm sold. Like this show, this show has won me over and I'm good to go from here on out. Um, but it, it took a while for, uh, for me to get in. I know a lot of people are like, oh man, like from episode one, it was just like it grabbed me and it was, you know, it, I just knew this was going to be, you know, one of the greatest shows ever. Uh, and that wasn't the case for me. It took me a while to get into it. But once I did, I was, I was, I was pretty impressed with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I really liked it a lot. I'm not trying to take anything away from it. It's definitely not on my, like, greatest show of all time list, which I've heard other people yeah, bill with, it as, which I'm is fine. You know, every to each his own. Right. But, like, to me, you know, one th- when watching Breaking Bad, the one thing that kept repeating was, you know, is it as good as The Wire? I like The Wire better best show since the wire like they they seem to bring up the when i say they it's just people sure. when, people seem to bring up the wire a lot when you know when breaking bad was in its heyday and uh to me it's not in the same class but but very good show yeah glad i glad i watched it definitely yeah so i haven't been to the movies um at all but I uh, I want to talk about Snowpiercer a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because Snowpiercer can now be seen in America on the big screen. Um, it's limited. It won't be around long. Um, it's a Korean sci-fi slash action uh, picture that is based on a comic. Is it a French comic? Uh... I should believe, have asked. I thought maybe you would know. But, I believe um, so, but I won't swear to it. I want to say it's not an American comic. No, that's for sure. Yeah. While you were talking, I will consult uh, the interwebs. Cool. I actually need you, though. The Korean director who directed uh, The Last Stand. Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho. Uh, it's his movie. Um, it was made by him, but it is an English language movie. And strangely enough, it stars Chris Evans, Captain America. Yeah, it is French, by the way. French graphic novel. Oh, great. Excellent. And, uh, you know, real quickly, the, the premise is just that uh, there's been like a, a worldwide freeze out based on like a weapon that was used that sort of brought on like this global ice age. And, uh, there's this train that is for very rich people that travels around the world and they live on the train. So their kids go to school on the train and, uh, you know, everything they need is on the train to live. And it's sort of a luxury way to go around the world and make stops and see different places, uh, and live on the train. Well, as the earth is freezing over, this train is like the perfect contained way to live in this ice age. So they jam-pack the train with as many people as they can, and the, the train takes off. So 17 years later, all the people they just jammed in the back of the train are still in the back of the train. And it's created this class system where there's the rich people that belong on the train 
and the poor people that are, you know, the sort of the in the slums in the back of the train. And uh, and they're going to rise up and, you know, overthrow uh, the the rich people that are running the train led by the man who created the engine for the train, you know, and it's only because of this super engine that it can go on forever without needing to be refueled and, and whatever. Anyway, so very interesting dynamic because the only way you can get from the back of a train to the front of a train is through every car of the train. Yes. And uh, it just makes for an awesome concept and dynamic and the stuff that they find when they get to that next car in the train uh, was just really awesome. And I, I loved it. And, you know, I thought it had some great action. It had some cool quirkiness, like some head-scratching moments and some really bizarre characters and occurrences and stuff. And uh, really, you know, unique even though it's based on a comic, it's really different than anything that's been like in U.S. theaters, you know, in a long time. Uh, Russ, you have had a chance to see it, correct? I did. I did. Um, and I, again, kind of echo your thoughts on it. I was pretty impressed. I think the reason that it's getting such positive reviews, I mean, other than, you know, it's, it's well acted, it's well shot, um, is it's original. You know, I think in this era of sequels and rehashes and reboots, the fact that even though it's taken from, you know, a graphic novel source material, it's it's a, an original concept. I mean, it's just not something that we've we've seen. And it and it didn't I think it could have easily gone one of two ways. One, it could have been overly preachy. It could have been the whole they could have really harped on the whole class warfare thing and really you know, tried to make a statement about that. And I mean, it's central to the movie, obviously, but I didn't feel like I was getting preached to, which I, I don't, I don't really like one way politically or the other way politically. If I feel like I'm being preached to. Um, right. And the other thing is, I think it could have been just a nonstop crazy over the, over the top action movie from start to finish. Um, and it, and it was neither of those things to its benefit. Yeah. You know, and it's sort of an interesting project from the beginning again you know it's a it's a korean director and it's a french comic you know and the cast includes and it wasn't really released wide in the u.s no but yet the cast has chris evans ed harris john hurt tilda swinton i mean these are names that you know we know yeah and it's just surprising to me the way that it went down i mean they obviously you know, knew the material or wanted to work with that particular director, you know, to, to go and do this, which is pretty cool, you know, that a movie like this gets made. And just beware, being the nut that I am, I went and grabbed an import uh, Blu-ray so that I could have the full version. Uh, the version being shown in the U.S. and the version that will eventually make it to Blu-ray and DVD in the U.S. will be a uh, Weinstein edited for U.S. audiences version. Yeah, which, um, and I'm actually gonna get it because I want to see what he cuts. Yeah, because it's I isn't it like 20 minutes or of cuts or something like that? It's like 20 minutes shorter or something like that. Yeah, it's a decent chunk. I, yeah. I I believe it's 15 to 20 minutes shorter. And for me, you know, there wasn't anything that didn't translate. 
you know, from a Korean director to me as a, you know, American audience member, there wasn't anything that dragged. There wasn't anything that, you know, I thought should have been removed or that didn't work. You know, I thought it was pretty much perfect the way it was. So I'm really interested in, in finding out what he thought, you know, we wouldn't like, I guess. Yeah, it's funny. If you go to John and I go to Blu-ray.com a lot just to look at different stuff, and they're notoriously hard on movies. Like even a movie that's very well received critically, or you know, even like the Avengers or even Captain America: The Winter Soldier, you know, which everybody was just you know raving about. They typically give whoever's reviewing it like between a seven and maybe a nine if it's like spectacular. Um, but this one they gave a ten out of ten, which to me when I saw that I was like, wow, they <laughs> they must have really loved it. Um, wow. So it, it, again, it's, it seems to be one of those movies that, that critically is, is doing well too. But it's funny. At the end of the Avengers, when they did the shawarma scene, and, you know, it's, it's kind of known by now that Chris Evans had to wear this crazy prosthetic and he had his hand over his mouth and stuff like that. He was filming Snowpiercer or just got done filming Snowpiercer. Um, I guess it was in the middle of it when that happened. So that's kind of, uh, th- that'll tell you how long ago this movie was, you know, was shot. You know, it's it's been over two years at this point, right? And like I said, it is it is available. Um, you know, if you use overseas Amazon sites, or if you have, uh, I might as well pimp them out. I I use YesAsia.com. Uh, you can get all sorts of Chinese, Korean, Japanese. All sorts of Blu-ray, Blu-rays there. Uh, it's region-free. It's in English, so there's only really subtitles needed for uh, this one Korean character. Yes. Um, and his daughter, who speak to each other in Korean, so you'll have a little subtitles for that. But otherwise, you know, it's it's good to go. Like I said, region-free, and and uh, you can check it out. But definitely cool. Recommended. Nice. How about you? You got one? Something new? Uh, I Like you, I haven't really been to the movies. I think, honestly, just because of budget and time and everything else, there's only three movies I'll probably see between now and the end of the summer season. Uh, one of them is uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, the second one will be, obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy. And then probably the third will be Expendables 3, um, unless something just really sneaks in there. But those are the three that are kind of on my list um, to, to wind out the summer. And I know the ape stuff is getting really, really good reviews. A lot of them, a lot of people are saying it's miles ahead of the last one, which I loved rise of the planet. Apes. I thought it was just absolutely brilliant um, when it came out. So if this one is actually getting higher uh, rated higher, I'm really looking forward to, to what they're going to do with this one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a day one for me. Definitely guardians of the galaxies. Starting to build up for me uh, with the anticipation. You know, I've never read any of the of that title. I didn't have a, a great deal of expectation uh, leading up to it, but now you know the hype and the and the merchandise is starting to come out, and they're releasing all these new comic book titles for yeah, you know, for that world. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Definitely Expendables. You know, Expendables has been in the news a bit recently. They finally officially announced what we all knew was coming, that uh, the movie will be PG-13. You know, I think I think that would have affected the first one a bunch, but I think the second one was pretty much on a, 
PG-13 tone, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I guess what I'm getting at is I don't see it making too much of a difference. I I think at this point, we'll undoubtedly see an unrated Blu-ray cut, which will have all the F-bombs and um, a little more blood and guts. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that we haven't gotten that for the second one yet. Um, there is a they did do a director's cut for Expendables, uh, the original, right? Where Stallone did a bunch of things, changed some music, moved some things around, added, subtracted stuff like that. It never happened for the sequel, and uh, it's funny because Stallone had tweeted that he had all of this footage left on the floor for the sequel. And I was like, oh, man, he's just, you know, getting us ready for the double dip, basically. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe there'll be like a big trilogy box set one day or something. Um, again, and if it comes in like a giant knife or <laughs> <laughs> a replica of, uh, you know, yeah, something like that, I'll, I'll, I'll be on board. Yeah. I do want to see Lucy as well. Yeah. Yeah, the, that'd be The Scar Joe cool. sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, she um I think seeing her as Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch? No, that would be awesomer. But <laughs> seeing her as as Black Widow, you know, changed my opinion of her, I guess a little bit. Like I'd like to see her in more action and yeah. and see what she can do now. I never thought of her that way before. You know, Iron Man 2 and and those movies. Right. And yeah. I I guess lastly for me, I got the 300 Rise of an Empire uh, Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, I don't get. <laughs> I really don't get. I, there's been a lot. I guess it's been mixed. There's been other people that uh, that have enjoyed it, and I know you did. And I really, I thought it worked the way they bounced in and out of the first movie. Yeah. Um, and the 3D was awesome. I don't know. Did you see it in 3D when you saw it in theaters? You know, I'd almost have to go back and listen to the recording because I don't remember if I did or not. I think I, you know what I did because I think I had, that was one of those, I bought a Blu-ray that came with money ca movie cash and I ended up having enough movie cash to see it in 3D. So yeah. Because the, I haven't, uh, I haven't purchased many home 3D movies at all just because, you know, just because, I don't know, it has to be like the right movie something i really want to see in 3d to spend the extra money and um and this one i did and it was it was great home 3d uh i mean the movie is definitely tailored for it i mean sure you know the digital blood splashing at the audience uh is done a bunch of times but it worked really well it was worth you know, it's something that you see in 3D and you go, oh, all right, I'm glad I spent a little extra that, you know, enhanced the experience. Right. And Eva Green, who is all of a sudden everywhere now, and that's fine by me. Yeah, yeah. She was uh, she was great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I know there are a couple of people just that we follow on Facebook and stuff that were just kind of down on it. I I said at the time I I thought it was just as good for me as the first one. I mean I, I thought it fit well. I thought tonally it worked. Um, it you know it didn't feel like it was out of you know sometimes when sequels are made, especially different directors, different creative teams come on, um, it, it could feel like a different movie or like it doesn't fit. And this one fe definitely felt like it fit um, with the first one. So I, I was happy with it.
Now, originally, wasn't this movie like titled Xerxes? Yeah, the, the yeah, yes, originally it was because that's what Miller, I don't think it's actually been released yet, but the follow-up to 300 that that Frank Miller is writing is called Xerxes. Like the graphic novel that's going to come out is called Xerxes. So I wonder where, you know, I wonder if it was ever if the plans ever changed at some point or or how it went because obviously, you know, Eva Green, I was I was kind of shocked. I didn't I knew that you enjoyed the movie, but I didn't really ask anything else and I was expecting to see a lot more Xerxes and yeah. You know, we didn't see much of him at all. No, we did I mean we did get his origin story which I thought was kind of cool. You know, we got a little expanded you know take on what he's all about, especially cuz he he's he's kind of a larger than life figure especially in 300. I mean, he's he's an enormous person physically. You know, you could tell he's, you know, his voice and everything else. Uh, so it was kind of cool to see that. Um but it yeah. it was originally going to be Xerxes, then for a long time it was 300 Battle of Artemisia, which Artemisia is the the Ava Green character. And then they settled on 300 Rise of an Empire. So it, it kind of went through a few name changes. Right. Good entertainment, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about it. I have, I don't know if you have anything else, but I have one more thing that we can kind of wrap up with. Yeah, sounds good. Um, it's it, So recently, DC's come out. Um, there's been some talk that I've heard that Apparently, Diane Nelson at Warner Brothers and her cohort kind of got, from what I understand, and this is all rumor and conjecture, kind of got ran through the ringer about the fact that Warner Brothers isn't cranking out movies and being as profitable in that side of things as Marvel is. Marvel's really just kind of kicking their ass. Um, and so, lo and behold, the schedule comes out of movies over the next three years, and I don't know that this is official official, but people are taking it as gospel. And, and apparently at Comic-Con, this is what is going to be put out there. But uh, the rumor is May 2016, we're going to get Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. July of 2016, we're going to get Shazam. Uh, Christmas of 2016, we're going to get a Sandman movie, which I believe is the Neil Gaiman Sandman, not like the Golden Age you know, Sandman superhero character um may of 2017 we're going to get justice league july of 27 we're going to get wonder woman christmas time of 2017 we're going to get a flash and green lantern team-up movie and then in may of 2018 we're getting what they're calling man of steel 2 which i guess will be the third superman movie um i am calling a big old heap of bs on this a lot of this because for them to put out a Shazam movie two months after they're putting out Batman vs. Superman, and we have no script, no cast, no nothing announced yet. I mean, we're less than two years away. Usually these things shoot you know, well over a year in advance because of all the special effects and everything. And for there not to be anything on this um, sounds very suspect. The other thing is, you're talking about having Henry Cavill and... Affleck, but maybe to a lesser degree Affleck. But you're talking about Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, basically having to maintain that workout regimen and that and that body type for 
three years straight, which I find to be really taxing on somebody to have to keep that regimen up for that long of a period of time to do these movies back to back to back, which leaves him almost no time to do anything else. Yeah, a lot of that seems fishy to me. Even like, I don't know. You know, this whole DC approach, you know, playing catch up with Marvel and everything, I just, I don't agree with like any of the decisions yet. Like, even down to like Aquaman. Like, what the hell is Aquaman doing in the Superman Batman movie? I don't know. And why is it Jason Momoa? You know, like, <laughs> it's nothing, nothing makes sense to me. And they're, you know, eventually, you know, they're going to do this JLA thing, which is fine, which means eventually they're going to have to bring in a Flash. Now, are they going to, I guess they're, they're not linking up the TV and the movie no. universes. No. And that's so you're going to have two different flashes. I mean, I, I don't know. It just seems like Marvel did it right. They linked yeah. it. They used the movie universe and the TV universe together. Why wouldn't DC do that? I don't know. I mean, when Batman, when Superman Returns came out, Smallville was on the air. So they kind of had, but it wasn't overtly Superman either, but they kind of had two versions, you know, one on television, one on the screen. But. I definitely see, I mean, I, I, conceivably this Flash show would run for at least a season or two. Um, I could definitely see co- some confusion going on because people would think that one is equated to the other. But it just, I, I don't know, I just don't see them doing a Justice League movie and then two months later having Wonder Woman in Justice League and then two months later having her in her own solo movie. It just, it, it just doesn't, I, I don't know, it'd be like... Them doing Avengers and then two months later they do a Thor movie. It just it seems like way oversaturated. Like I I don't know. I I I think I just I just don't believe any of this. Like I think we may get some of these movies and they may fall in those time frames, but I just don't see DC pumping out three movies a year in this short of a time frame when they haven't even really had great critical success and acclaim with anything. I mean Superman. Man of Steel made made a lot of money and was mostly accepted. I think people were okay with it, much more so than Green Lantern. Um, but they're betting the farm on this Batman versus Superman thing. I mean, if this, if th- if that movie doesn't make eight to eight hundred to a billion dollars, then the rest of this stuff is it, they might as well fold it up. Right. Even even Shazam. I mean, there's so many other choices. You know, like. He's very similar to Superman. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in terms of, like, powers and, you know, fine, the costume is different, but it's still, you know, unless they change it completely, it's a superhero outfit with a cape, you know, with flying powers. It, it doesn't seem, you know, it seems like you should repair Green Lantern or come up with a f- plan for Flash or, you know, get Wonder Woman rolling for real before you start. Shazam, yeah, or you know whatever else. I I, I do see. Uh, I guess there's been rumors for a while that that Dwayne Johnson has been linked with a DC property. You know, it, it would Black Adam would kind of make sense. Yeah, that's been a rumor for a long time. Yeah, um, and I think that's how they sell. If they want to do Shazam, honestly, that's how they're going to sell that flick. 
is who they cast. I mean, that's that's a movie that's going to be completely sold on, you know, who they can get star power wise to elevate that. I mean, the Avengers, it was completely different. They, you know, the Avengers was the hit that it was not because people, you know, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, they're not household names, but people saw those individual movies. Um, I mean, obviously, Downey Jr. was a huge selling point on that deal and Sam Jackson. But all the goodwill they built up in those movies is, you know, people are like, oh, my God, there's all these superheroes that we saw separately. They're all in the same movie together. And that's what sold it. Um, the DC stuff is I, I don't know. It's just a tougher. It's just a tougher sell. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I think if if these movies don't become runaway hits and the publishing end doesn't really get any more juice, I think DC Comics is in a really tough spot, just in general. It'd be strange if, um, you know, if Gotham works out and uh, Constantine works out and, yeah. and Flash works out on TV. It'd be really strange if they had like four successful TV franchises and kept bombing out in the movies. Yeah, where Marvel, you know, may may do the exact opposite. Maybe not bomb out, but um but you know, definitely movies is where they want. I mean, that's where, you know, that's where the cash is. I mean, that's where the the you know, the big bank is not only from a box office standpoint, but merchandising and licensing and everything else, so. Right. I guess we may we may know more in a few weeks after Comic-Con. Yeah, should be some big news uh, always coming out of there. So yeah. that's that's a fun time. And now it's so cool. Like all the big panels are like streamed and yeah. you can yeah. get live Twitter and, you know, it's sort of cool to follow those events like E3 and Comic-Con and, and all that. Yep. Follow it along. It's good stuff. Oh, hell for San Diego Comic-Con. They got like two TV channels running, right? With uh, John Barrowman and stuff. and. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. In the past, G four has always done like really big coverage on that. But since that network's kind of no more, I wonder if, um, you know, it's now the Esquire network. I wonder if they're going to pick any of that up, or if Spike TV may jump in and do some of it. Or I'm I'm guessing maybe like Twitch or CNET or something like that is going to, you know, may or maybe even CBR might you know sponsor a panel or two or something and stream it. Who knows? Right. Well, we told you we had quite a bit of uh, BS to cover. Yeah, yeah. For just two of us, it went longer than I thought. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, thanks, everybody, for checking out Really BS for July of 2014. Um, as always, you can check out all our cool stuff that we got going on on the network at www.hhwlod.com. Uh, you can check out the Facebook for groups on the HHWLOD podcast network. Um, and a few of the various shows like The Walking Dead TV and The Long Box of Doom and our It's All Connected, the the rebranding of the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV podcast, which we're excited about uh, as things move forward with the expanded Marvel Universe, not just on TV, but in or not just in the movies, but on TV as well. Um, you can leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830 if you want to talk about uh, some cool BS stuff that you've enjoyed recently for the next show. Um, but until then, we will be back, hopefully, for an August uh, rendition of the Really BS Show. So until then, this is Russ and John, and we will see you next time. Take care.